what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. travelers and welcome once again to the before and after show as always i'm your co-host mj smith and i'm your other co-host Corey tyndall and this week we are joined once again by ryan buell hi happy to be back guys yes this is this is gonna be fun (laughs) yeah it is if this were a gif it would be that guy with the chair who's just like this gonna be good yep (laughs) (laughs) um we are here to talk about batman v superman colon dawn of justice the custody battle (laughs) uh, But before we do that, have you guys been watching anything that isn't Batman v Superman? I know it's a long movie, so maybe not. Uh, I've watched a couple of really sweet uh, documentaries on uh, comic book uh, history. Uh, the first one is uh, DC Comics Secret Origin, which is a really good, just like a documentary about the birth of their company and kind of uh, through the ages, the Golden Age, the Silver Age, oh, the Modern cool. Age. It's really, really well put together. Um and I just started today another one uh, with my wife, Lisa. What was it called? It's the uh, PBS special. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah, I don't remember about. the name of it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and that was really good, too. That one was just, again, going through, like, the golden age of comic mm-hmm. books. And it's just real f- I love comic book history and kind of the the origins of everything. So yeah, that's kind of the latest thing. You and I share a very special connection to comic book history in that we were together when we met the Pope. Mr. Stan Lee. Yeah, that's we, right. We met the comic book Pope together. Wow. Yep. That was a sweet moment. He shook my hand. I was one of the only mm-hmm. people whose hands he shook. Yes, he did. And that's because I brought in like four huge poster sizes of original covers of the Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer, Amazing Spider-Man, and Daredevil. Yep. And he signed them all. And I think he wow. had a gleam in his eye. He did. He shook my hand. Because most people was like, I don't shake hands. He was like fist bumping yeah. people. But he shook my hand. I yeah. haven't watched it since. He, uh... Wow. <laughs> Well, because you, you strategically ordered those so he would see Silver Surfer last because mm-hmm. he said that Silver Surfer is his favorite character he's yeah, created. Yeah, that's his favorite. And so he was like, he was getting happier and happier watching like watching as he as he flipped through them. And then he got to Silver Surfer and he paused for a minute and he goes, I remember the day we came up with this one. Yeah. And he signed it and wow. then he shook your hand and it was the best thing I've ever seen happen to someone. It was so awesome. I just wish I had a freaking camera. Yeah. So oh, I can post it up, but... Yeah, and those are all hanging up prominently. Yes. Wow. We've seen it in our, in our apartment. Yeah, uh, that was much cooler than me who got him to sign my Mallrats DVD. <laughs> That's still cool. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Smith also signed the Mallrats DVD, so both of their signatures are on it now. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was, a uh, man, that was so cool. I'm really glad wow. I got to meet that guy. Yeah, uh, he, was, he was super cool. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, just totally the guy you want him to be, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, there's no fake facade. He is just, that's his personality. Yeah. Bigger than life. Yeah, that's awesome. Corey, what about you? Not too much, but keeping in line with the uh, theme of superheroes and comic books. Um, I mentioned last time I've been watching through Daredevil, mm-hmm. the new season. I have since then watched four or five more episodes, and all I can say is it just keeps getting better. Mm-hmm. 
Ryan, I don't know if you finished the second season. I haven't yet. In fact, my, it sucks. My Netflix thing is up. Oh. And so I haven't been able to log in. So I have to take care of that at some point. Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm probably like midway. So I think seven or eight. And it's just so good. The Electro storyline? Yeah. It's just kind of how all the storylines and like not to spoil anything. But it's like kind of how they introduce them and segment them but then also like connect them it just feels very well done where this could have like kind of worried me it's like okay we kind of have this story and then we move on to the next thing and it's not those other arcs aren't really relevant they all tie in and it's done like very organically like it makes sense like why Electra shows up like the stuff at the beginning with Punisher still has like repercussions throughout the show. It's not just like, oh yeah, we put in Punisher because everyone won Punisher, and then now we gotta do Elektra and like other stuff. It all like very much makes sense. Even like how they bring in the hand. Mm-hmm. So I'm very pleased. It's so good. And have you gotten to the episode that's Punisher's origin yet? Y- yes. Okay. I did. Also, I got to see it's in episode three, which is essentially. Um, we have our hallway scene from like the first season, mm-hmm. and man, it's yeah. so good. It's the stairwell. Yeah, yeah. Oh. it's like one long tracking shot. I think it's all one shot. I was watching pretty closely. If not, it's like it's maybe like one and a half. But it's so good. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, they started that scene. I was like, this is it. This yeah. is, this is gonna. Yeah. Oh man, it is amazing. Um, but yeah, so that's mainly. Besides Batman and Superman, the only thing I've watched, and it's just been so good. Go watch Daredevil. If you Mm -hmm. haven't watched Daredevil, go watch it. It's a little violent, but not too much, but it's so well done. I don't know. There's about two scenes. Yeah, I know. I know. And I don't mind gore that much. Yeah, me either. Yeah, there's a a couple where it's like it jumps up to 11 for a sec. Yeah. Uh, that's about the only other thing I've really been watching that in 30 Rock, and I'm still in season one of Daredevil. We have three episodes left in season one, and... Uh, <laughs> You're gonna get to hear the Samaritan speech! <laughs> Sorry. We got to the episode where, uh, I have spoilers for the year-old thing that has 13 new episodes to see. It's fine. Um, where Fisk beats the crap out of Daredevil, mm-hmm. and it's sweet. It's like the best villain beatdown I've ever seen. Yeah. He's just so massive and like scary. And, oh man! Yeah. Who's the actor that plays him? Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he he's perfect. so good. Way better than the last guy that played Fisk. Yeah, the... Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, uh, I like that guy. But yeah, that was a bad idea. A bad choice. Let's go watch the old Daredevil just for. Stroll down memory lane. <laughs> Better no. Rotten Tomatoes score than this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, MJ? Uh, no, that's it. I mean, 30 Rock. We started season two today, and we saw my favorite episode, which is the one with Seinfeld. I love that episode mm-hmm. so much. Hilarious. That's a good one. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think that's it as far as that. But we have a piece of news to talk about. Um, Ryan, you're actually going to be driving this one mostly. Oh, okay. Um, because you actually got to see all of it. Yeah. Uh, I just know I just know bits and pieces. And that is kind of in keeping with the theme of the show, th- this week specifically. Uh, DC had a huge panel at WonderCon yeah. um, this last weekend. 
And they announced that the new 52 is going away, which that's been in the works for well, a while, right? Yeah. Well, what it is, if you don't mind me mm-hmm. stepping in, so the new 52 is not going away. What they're doing is called Rebirth. Right. Um, and it is going to be renumbering everything, and they're going to have, I think, like 14 titles coming out in, like, June. But what's cool is they are not doing away with old continuity. Oh, okay. Like, they're not doing away with the new 50. It's not a reboot like I thought. Mm Because I woke up, I think it was Saturday Mm -hmm. last week, and they had a live stream of the event from WonderCon on YouTube. And it it worked out perfectly. I got to watch the whole thing. And essentially what they're doing is they're bringing the characters kind of back to kind of what Jeff Johns did with his rebirth. You ever read that storyline? The Green Lantern rebirth or the Flash rebirth? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Essentially, you know, bringing these characters back to what made them so awesome. Yeah. Bringing, you know, kind of not rebooting, which is, that's not what they're doing now, but they're just kind of bringing everything back to good storytelling and good, um, just good comic books. Um, And they're going to be launching, I think it's going to be 14 titles total. Uh, and there's going to be a whole new number ones coming out, but Action Comics is going to, and Detective Comics are going back to their original numbering. So I think they're going to be like 950 for Action and 950, I think, or something for Detective. So they're they're going Mm -hmm. back to their original numbering. The storyline is still continuing where the new 52 started. Okay. So things that happened there still count now, but it's, um, they're moving forward. They're not really worrying about what's come at before, but it's like, Mm -hmm. where are we going now? Which is, I think is really cool. And the other really sweet thing is, is all their titles, which is, I think, a huge thing for the comic book industry, whether it'll be good or bad, I don't know, but everything is going to be two ninety nine across the board. Ooh. Whether it's an 80-page annual or if it's a huge thing, everything is two ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And that's digital or print copy. Okay. Um, it's it's going to be sweet. <clears throat> Scott Snyder... Because mm-hmm. I think that he's like the poster boy for DC now. Yeah. He <laughs> signed an exclusive deal with DC Comics. Like, they got him exclusively, which means what? they probably paid up a butt. Oh my to gosh. Keep him there. Yeah. I mean, that so, guy is. Even the mm-hmm. most casual comic book reader knows that name. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he, he, that guy. Legendary. Essentially rescued Batman. <laughs> like, yeah. And he's, he's not writing the new Batman mm-hmm. anymore, but he will be writing a Batman called All-Star Batman. Okay. Which is not the continuation of Frank Miller and Jim Lee's thing. It's just they took the title. Okay. And it's going to be him writing Batman and what he called, like, Batman on a road trip with Two-Face. And some oh. crazy stuff ensues. Put that in my brain. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it just looks really great. And they what's cool is they've... I think, again, I think it's only about 14 or so comics they're putting out. Uh, their big titles are going to be uh, twice a month. Oh, weird. And other ones will just be once a month. So you're getting more content mm-hmm. for, again, two ninety nine across the board for each book, no matter how big or whatever it is. Um, and I'm just kind of super excited. Like, I when New 52 first started, I collected all the books. Yeah, I remember. And then I met Lisa, and I needed money, so I sold all those. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Which is totally worth it. Um, but now this is making me think, I kind of want to get back into collecting. Mm-hmm. Just because it's as a collector, I love doing that, and the fact that the price range is a little bit more manageable, and mm-hmm. I can still pick and choose what I want. Um, so I'm really excited. I'm, I mean, aside from all the the new things they're going to be doing, uh, kind of bringing characters back to what they were, um, I'm excited to see uh, much more character centric stories, and it's not about doing 
something new necessarily. It's about who are these characters and let's stay true to these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think DC Comics got a lot of flack back <laughs> with the new 52, all the changes they made. And so I think this is their response to that. What I will say about the new 52 is the new 52 made me a regular comic book reader because comic books were very intimidating up until the new 52. Yeah. Because they're, they're, I mean, we're talking characters that are, you know, 60, 70 years old. Yeah. And it was just like, well, okay, this is like issue 9 million. Yeah, like, how yeah. can I understand yeah, that? Yeah, how do I know? I mean, even... You let me borrow the omnibus of Joss Whedon's run on X-Men, and there was like 30 pages of catching you up from the 60s to now, yeah. <laughs> uh, to, and now being the 90s sometime. <laughs> yeah. And so it was just like, ah, I don't have the brain capacity to deal with this, but like yeah. New 52 really got me back into comics because I was able to read Sn- Scott Snyder's Batman, and it's like Start one of the best here. things I've ever read. And yeah. yeah, it was, you know, and the thing is, I'm so familiar with Batman as a character. I'm, just, I'm sure we all are. But you can, can just jump right into it mm-hmm. the way Snyder does. And, like, mm-hmm. it made me get into Swamp Thing. I'd been wanting to get into Swamp Thing because I'd heard Kevin Smith talk about him and I really liked the things he had to say. And I was like, that sounds like a cool character. Yeah. Well, we rebooted him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, here you go, Scott Snyder. And Scott yeah. Snyder's writing that, too. <laughs> he, he did the first 30 issues yeah. of that, which were amazing. And then the guy that came after him was really good, too. Yeah, I... I, I read a couple of those issues and I wasn't as high on them but he was he, you could tell he was still kind of finding his voice and like mm. what he wanted to do with the character yeah. so I just I stopped buying comics because I also met my wife <laughs> and so I was like oh I can't support this habit anymore <laughs> but um yeah I liked the new 52 because it opened up this whole new world to me yeah. that you know I didn't even like I still am a DC Comics reader over a Marvel Comics reader because of the New 52. Yeah. So, the New 52 was, like, designed for me. Yeah. I, <laughs> I very much, along those lines, I feel like, and they said this before they launched it, every generation kind of has their version of the character. Yeah. For me, New 52 is my version of the DC Comics. Like, mm-hmm. I was there at, the, at its inception. Mm-hmm. I like the versions that they had done uh, prior to this I had it took me about two years to figure out DC continuity <laughs> literally because you've got multiverse crap going on you've got reboots you've got yeah. different versions of the same character and then all the retcons and, and the retcons and then characters histories are being altered and yeah. just all this crazy stuff <laughs> Marvel was much more simpler it's like start reading here you're fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to worry about what came before but I like the challenge of DC Comics, and I like the characters, because really, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, tying in to go win the movie, yeah. they are the first hugely successful mm-hmm. superheroes. They were the first. Yeah. I mean, Marvel came years later. I mean, the first technically being Captain America in the 1940s, mm-hmm. uh, but then he died off because World War II ended, and the G.I. Joes were like, we don't want to read about superheroes anymore we're done with the war yeah we don't have anything to do with you know associate have any association with that you know he came back later anyways i can go on about that kind of stuff (laughs) so uh with rebirth snyder's leaving batman but apparently he's writing a different batman yeah but he's leaving the batman title proper which is like the end of an era as far as i'm concerned Mm -hmm. like one of the most iconic runs on the character ever i mean it's up there but Batman got a new suit, and it's awesome! Yeah, they went with more of a classic look. Have you seen it, Corey? I have not. It's so sweet. Oh, that's sweet. I like that. I like it a lot. <laughs> the yellow outline around the bat is so cool looking. That is pretty sweet looking. Oh my gosh, I love this 
this picture of Batman. Are but, you are you gonna maybe dive in a little bit at least for a couple of the Batman titles? Possibly? I don't know yet. I kind of want to get caught up on Snyder's Batman mm-hmm. because I dropped off after in the middle of year year zero year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't read anything past like issue number three of zero year, and uh, I want to read that stuff first. But I don't know. Plus, I started reading the Marvel Hawkeye that mm. what's his name wrote fraction yeah, fraction golly <laughs> is it good it's a good run man it's, it's good really but really i haven't finished good. that yet i haven't finished the what's the daredevil run that just ended uh mark wade yeah just ended they got another yeah. guy in there now yeah i haven't finished the mark wade like marvel now daredevil mm-hmm. which was also really good yeah. so there's a bunch of like back stuff i'm i want to get caught up on first yeah. but I want to read Civil War before Civil War comes out. Oh, I could borrow that. You gave them to me. You ended up oh, with crap. Th- You're on wrong. Oh, you haven't yeah, read right. those. You, you let me read them. Yeah, <laughs> you gave them to me because you had two extra copies somehow, that's and right. uh, I, I just own them now. But I've never touched them. Oh yeah, Mark Millar. Yeah. Well, well, well he was still a good comic book uh, writer. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Oh man, I have some opinions on that guy. So Corey, what do you think about DC Rebirth? I honestly can't weigh in a ton because it's like it's been a while since i've read comics and the comics i have read even pseudo recently have been like of marvel Mm. so i mean i think that's cool and i think that's i think it's a cool thing when it's like they do something like this and even ryan how you're talking about with the new 52 that it's like it's a cool way that you can just kind of get into the universe without knowing all the backstory because i know that's a big hang-up for a lot of people they just they're like, where do you even start? Like, any of these prominent characters, it's like, where do you even start? And people will be like, oh, well, you should go read this, or you yeah. should... And then you're like, well, when, how does that fit into... So, I think that's kind of cool how they're, like, doing this kind of, like, reboot, but not reboot. So, it's, like, a cool place where people can, like, jump into it. Yeah. yeah. And if I can add for <clears throat> anyone who does want to get into comic books, but have the same fear that we've had, it's just like, well, where the frick do you start? Yep. <laughs> uh, a good friend of both of ours, uh, Scott. Yeah. Uh, he gave me the great advice about comics because comics are, I think the phrase is cyclical, mm-hmm. and that they kind of regurgitate and they start new. So you can start anywhere in a comic, and it'll because they, they it'll get you up to date. Yeah, and you can just kind of dive in and go. Well, that's like Stan Lee's whole thing of like everyone's or every comic is someone's first comic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like they're supposed to be designed for that, but also we live in this like age of continuity neuro- neuroses that mm-hmm. I very much have. Uh, to where I'm like, I have to start at the beginning, but that was in 1938, <laughs> and it's been nonstop ever since. How can I yeah. read all that? Yeah. yeah. There's been about 20 different versions of Batman. He got killed off in three different universes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, I remember you did load me up on some DC history, and I didn't even put a dent in it. It was a crate of comics so heavy that it made my car think there was a passenger in it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's and right. uh, you got married and you were like, can I have those back? And I was like, yeah, I didn't touch a lot of them. <laughs> yes. Whatever you do, don't start with Grant Morrison. you got to work your way up to that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that gets meta and weird. <laughs> yep. But, you also gave me one of the only comic books, or maybe the only comic story to make me cry, which was Daredevil Yellow. Yes. Yo, man. I've heard Jeff, that's really good. Loeb. And Dare- Tim Sale. Mm-hmm. Mm. He did Daredevil Yellow, Hulk Gray. Spider-Man Blue. Spider-Man Blue. Mm-hmm. And then they just released Captain, uh, Captain America, America White. Which I have the first issue of from like when it got printed and mm-hmm. like didn't take off for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So I really want to read that. Yeah. yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, good comic talk, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we will take a short break and be right back to... Uh... We'll see. To We'll see. I have no idea, but we're going to talk about Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. And I have no idea where this conversation is going to go. Um, yeah, so we'll be back. We'll be back. talking about Batman v Superman and everyone and their mother has a very strong opinion yes, they do. about this movie. So to keep things kind of civil <laughs> We don't want civil. We're, no, that's we will have civil next month with Civil War. Um, <laughs> yeah. I see what you did there. We're going to do uh, what we always do when we need to take turns on the show and we're going <laughs> to use Schwazi to see who goes first. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and then we'll we'll schwazi the other guys to see who goes after that. So, all right. Oh, I get to go first. All right. Woo-hoo. Okay, I'm really glad I get to go first. Um, <laughs> so, Batman v Superman is the first time these two characters have met on screen in a live action capacity. And so people expected big, big, big things, and people did not get big, 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 big things. Instead, they were mostly disappointed. Um, I am scrolling to find a list of things that I wrote down. And take notes on this one. No, it was a conversation oh. I was having with uh, someone. Okay. Oh. So I know, spoilers, Corey, you hated it. Yes. And Ryan, you initially hated it, mm-hmm. saw it a second time, and you like it quite a bit more, but also hate a lot of it too. Yes. So um, I liked it, I think, more than both of you guys did, but I also, there is a lot of stuff that's real bad in this movie. Yes. Um, oh, also, before we get into this, spoiler warning, spoiler warning, spoiler warning, seriously, if you haven't seen the movie, we're going to talk about everything that happened yeah. in this movie. So spoilers, you've been warned, skip this episode if you haven't seen the movie. I'm going to say a huge spoiler right now. Superman died. All right. What? <laughs> so. He didn't stay dead, though. <laughs> Yep. Uh, he also died on Good Friday. Um, yep. Yep. Space Christ. Oh. <laughs> so I'm not even going to start talking about how I have a problem with Space Christ because he's Space Moses. Um, <laughs> he can't be both. I I don't know. I think he's Space Moses. Um, anyway, that aside, <coughs> here's the list of stuff I will give you, haters. Doomsday is bad. Eisenberg is bad. There's a fundamental betrayal of Batman as a character. It's driven entirely by its plot and absolutely squashes any meaningful character beats because of its frantic pace. It overstays its welcome by about 20 minutes after the Doomsday fight. It has the single laziest herder cinematic universe moment I've ever seen. The fight does not last nearly long enough to be part to justify versus being part of the title. But I thought it was crazy ambitious. I thought it was super cinematic, and I thought, I think Snyder's strength is to make a story-driven piece of work rather than a character-driven piece of work, so I think he did play to his strengths. The story was convoluted, but I never felt confused by it. Part of it is, I saw this at the pre-release Thursday night, 
it was all of people who were super on board with it, obviously. The yeah. crowd was super enthusiastic. We got sweet souvenir cups that I'm drinking out of right now and a little Batman toy. We got posters, uh, like full-size movie posters for it. And I got Batman and my wife got Superman, which I thought was awesome. Nice. Uh, yeah. And a lot of, there were, <laughs> so some people got Batman, some people got Superman, some people got Wonder Woman, and angry people got Lex Luthor. Oh, um, that sucks. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, that's, but, that's bad on multiple counts. Yeah. yeah. But, so, so Snyder himself, and I, I cut, we talked a lot about him in the last episode and I ended up cutting it out for time, but I think we really need to talk about him in this episode. Yeah. He's a really divisive <laughs> director and he has a lot of things he's good at and a lot of things he's bad at and kind of both of those got the best of him in this movie he was also in a weird spot with the studio where he had to deliver something (laughs) and uh (laughs) and it had to make money but it also had to like set up this huge universe and so he had a lot like writing on this a lot going against him i think he because of his handicap of who he is and his sensibilities as a director and the handicap of studio pressure I think he did what he could with this material. Um, I think Batman's incredible. I think Ben Affleck is an incredible Batman. And that's even though I acknowledge there's a fundamental betrayal <laughs> of the character in that Batman straight up murders folks in this movie. <laughs> yes, and it's the does. worst. <laughs> um, all that being said, I liked everyone more. I liked Cavill a lot more than I liked him in Man of Steel. A lot of people are getting are like complaining about his performance. I thought he was better. I thought Lois Lane was better. I thought uh, Perry White was better. I liked him quite a bit, actually, as Perry White. I was not on board with him as Perry White in Man of Steel. Um, there's uh, the the opening scene with Batman's parents getting killed is like my favorite portrayal of the, the death of Th- Thomas and Martha Wayne ever. I think it's crazy, like operatic and cool, and the way he shot it with like the gun in the pearl necklace and like when it goes back and it that's when it rips the pearl necklace oh my gosh i thought that was such a cool touch i thought the scene right after that where batman's on the ground during the metropolis fight was mm-hmm. so good yeah that i really really like that scene a lot um i liked a lot of the batman stuff i like that he got to be detective batman in this he kind of like went on adventures as bruce wayne mm-hmm. and i liked that um I liked there were there's not a lot of character stuff in this movie at all, but there's a, a handful of of beats and like one of them is really subtle. I like that Bruce Wayne has like kind of like a, a nice apartment on the Wayne property, but he's moved out of Wayne Manor at this point and is kind of let it go to hell. Like <laughs> it's just kind of like a super dilapidated and and crazy looking. I thought that was a cool character touch of like how haunted he is by the parent, like the memory of his parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the Superman montage where he's just like going to Mexico and saving people and like going to like um, yeah. floods and saving people combined with that voiceover is the best Superman thing that we've gotten between Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. I mm-hmm. loved that sequence. I thought it was such a good, like it was the one characterizing moment of <laughs> Superman. Superman. Um, I kind of like that Batman was kind of a douchebag in this movie. Cause mm-hmm. like if Batman existed, he would be kind of a douchebag. <laughs> so he really was like, <laughs> um, when Superman shows up and he's like, they can't have my mom. Batman's just like, don't care. Punch. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that's exactly how I feel. Batman would, it is. He's very ruled by his emotions. Um, and yeah, I just think that, that the, 
this that Snyder went big with this movie and this is a movie that deserved to go big and not all of it works he kind of threw everything at the wall and saw what stuck and not a lot of it stuck but the mm. stuff that stuck for me I really 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 liked I thought it was really strong in the stuff that worked mm. um that being said I'm sure a lot of the problems you guys are going to bring up are problems that I definitely have with the movie uh Eisenberg is horrendous in this movie <laughs> he's so bad <laughs> He's so... It's like they f- meant to cast him as the Riddler and then forgot to change the name. <laughs> yep. It, man, he's so bad. But I think thematically, he's got some interesting stuff going on. Unfortunately, they never explore anything that's going on thematically in the movie. Mm. I like that the, he's a Lex Luthor who's a tech mogul. And I like that he's a Lex Luthor who's like angry at God. I think that's really like... I don't know if that's in any of the comic books. But I really like that aspect of this character. I just wish Eisenberg wasn't the guy playing him. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I thought that was like a good character beat for him to have, but it's squashed by Eisenberg doing whatever the hell he's doing <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think I think even in the worst part of this movie, arguably, <laughs> there's still some like se- there's seeds of good stuff here that I was able to like chew on and like extrapolate from so maybe it's because i did some rewrites in my head that i liked this movie but i was i was totally fine with it i liked it more than i like man of steel um i would say probably i so i thought deadpool was just kind of okay um not in a bad way i liked that movie uh it's not one i'm gonna go out and rush to see again but if someone puts Mm -hmm. it on i'm not gonna be like i hate this I kind of feel that way about Batman v Superman, but I also liked Batman v Superman more, but only because I think I like these characters more than I like Deadpool. Yeah. So I think that went a long way with me. Um, you know, I read a bunch of the Batman Superman comics and the New 52. You know, um, yeah, I thought Wonder Woman wasn't, like, she was fine, but, like, people mm-hmm. were like, she's the best! And I was like, it's hard to screw up a character who only has, like, eight minutes of screen time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's, it's messy, but it's also, it also takes some risks that I like. Mm-hmm. So that's my, that's my like nutshell review of Batman v Superman. Um, do you guys want, want to schwazi it or do you, what uh, do you guys want right, to I, I would say you, you go next because I feel like we'll probably move from like most positive to most negative with well, do, you, do you want to go next and then I'll go last since my mind thing is kind of a balance but it's up to you, you want to yeah I, I can I can go next um I and just just before and I mean like I even get into it I understand right now the internet is like crazy and like in this firestorm of like you either Golly. have to hate a film or you have to love it. it has to be the best thing ever or it has to be the worst thing ever I understand we can reason and like things in the grays. So I'm not saying this is the worst movie ever, um, but it's not the best thing ever. And so I under I under <coughs> I'm going to say like I I hated watching this movie. It's, <laughs> but it's not the worst thing ever made. It's not the worst movie ever made. Um, it does have some admirable um, like glimmers of hope. It has some potential, but for me. And I guess this is the flip side, MJ. All the mess that you were like, it has some messy stuff, it has some good stuff. The mess outweighed the good for me. And so I remember there was multiple times I was sitting in the theater watching this where I would pull out my phone, check my phone, and be like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> How much still going? I was like, oh How? man, I could not believe there was an hour left in the movie right before they were about to fight. Uh, and I was just like, "How? how is this happening? Um... 
I, the pacing and just the plot in general, I feel is like paper thin. It's a mess. I feel like we don't get enough character motivations to justify even the title, the Batman v Superman thing. And because like Ryan, you mentioned last time, it's a battle of ideologies. And this one, it's not really, it's not really that. It's like, we kind of know why Batman hates Superman. Superman doesn't get flushed out enough for me. So, I mean, like you said, MJ, I think the scene where he kind of is doing all the stuff and we have all the TV stations kind of like having the interviews and the boy, that's like his best development of his character. Over two movies, yes, by the way. Yes, over two movies. And I, I just feel like the, all, all the, the, the glaring problems, the lack of the character development, the lack of motivation, the paper-thin plot at times... I don't know if it's just the way this film was cut and like I'd like to see the director's cut but like the first like 30 minutes are super jarring we go like we're at this place and then we cut to this thing and then we go here and then later when they start to like have the dream sequences and I mean like the dream and nightmare sequences they're very well done but it's like I don't feel like there's enough setup to understand why are these things happening why is that relevant to this story of Batman versus Superman? Like, there's other things like, why is Lex Luthor, like, what is his angle in all of this? Or, like, how does he know Superman is Superman? Or what's his beef with Batman? Vice versa. I feel like a lot of those things don't get fleshed out for me. And so mm -hmm. I was having a hard time, like, why, why am I, why do I need to get invested in this? Like, why does, why does Clark Kent hate the Batman? That never really gets divulged. He's just kind of like, he does vigilante stuff. How does how does he find out that he's Bruce Slater? Like, so a lot of those. I have I have a response to why he knows he's Bruce. X-ray vision, vision. But they never they never hint at that. They don't. He's do... Superman. I know, but he, he did have the scene where he heard Alfred talking to his ear. Oh yeah. About getting the information. Oh yeah. That's where I led to me to be like, okay, that's how he figured oh, out yeah. he was Bruce. The guy who's seen it twice knows better. Yes, <laughs> of course. Yes, that's. that's... Obviously. So, so all that to say, I just feel like, and then, and then we already, you already talked about Lex Luthor. I just, it, man, it was probably the worst thing in the film. Uh, the, we'll get to it, I'm sure, but like Wonder Woman to some extent, and she was great, but she felt forced. Like there was no reason for her to be in this movie. The uh, the Justice League setup cameo stuff that was terrible. <laughs> I mean, I read reviews about like. Oh, yeah, it just feels really shoved in and, like, you know, forced. I didn't... I I hadn't fathomed how bad it was until I was watching it. It's like an email? Seriously, before, like, the, the climax of the film, they're going to fight, and we cut to Wonder Woman checking her email? And just even how they showed the characters. I might have even been better if, like, she had just opened the email and we'd seen, like, the gifts of all the characters. But to open them and see these kind of, like, crappy, like... Uh, it was... It's just all of it. And then... The Aquaman was the worst. Yeah, that was the worst. What are you doing? He's just, like, chilling, <laughs> chilling. I don't know. Um, so much. I, I think the, the arc with Doomsday at the end. Like, if the film is called Batman vs. Superman, climax the film with that. Let's spend the most time with that. It's like Let the them fight. The, mm -hmm. the fight was cool, but I honestly felt underwhelmed because, again, the lack of character motivation for me. I just felt like there wasn't a lot of gravitas to it. It kind of feels like it's not really Batman versus Superman because Lex Luthor kind of like, hey, I kidnapped your mom. Go fight Batman. Go kill him. <laughs> like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like there's this clash of ideologies. It just kind of feels like I kind of don't like Batman. He's a vigilante. 
And, but I love my mama. And, you know, I, the only thing I've told him is just, like, the bat is dead. Like, like what? Yeah. So, so I guess those were the big problems for me. And then Doomsday's a mess. Yeah. And the ending, the controversial ending, I just, like, why? And, and I guess all of this is to say... This movie had a lot of potential. It took oh, it took from a lot of big, famous arcs in the comics that I did want to see, but it never spent enough time with any of them. Okay, it's like, what what is this film? Is this a sequel to Man of Steel? I thought the political stuff, and they were like, a Superman god, or like, who does he need to report to? I thought that was really interesting, but they don't ever revisit it again. They just I, choose to explode it. Yep. Yeah. Yep, and then, like... This is kind of like kind of a Batman movie, and the Batman stuff was really well done, but it it, I, it doesn't it doesn't work. And then we have like it doesn't work in the sense of like is this a whole complete narrative? And then we have we have Lex Luthor in there, and so it's just like is he the main antagonist or is this a Batman versus Superman movie? And then it's like Doomsday is a character who could be his own villain, and so why waste him? So that's that's. Those were the main reasons I hated it. I'm sure we'll get to other stuff, but I, I guess I've said my piece about that. <laughs> so, Ryan, I'll throw it over to you. Screw a piece, man. That was a whole pie. Uh, <laughs> um, all spot on. Um, I wa- First time I saw this was preview night, Thursday. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I saw it at Edwards, which was a bad choice to begin with. Yeah, <laughs> not Edwards was terrible, but it was a timing issue, so that's why I went. Yeah. Uh, I came out of that movie... The most angry at a movie I've ever been in my life. You hated it so oh, much. Oh, I was so angry. I felt like the, you were talking it was a betrayal of the characters, yep. the betrayal of Batman, Superman. I just thought it was just a total mess. I hated the fact that you were just talking about Corey about how they had they had the Dark Knight Returns, yep. and then they had Death of Death Superman. Of Superman which I got really angry when that happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is what they're doing. You douchebags. Well, that's... Correct me if I'm wrong. That's not a particularly well-loved arc, is it? Like, people well, were like, this it, is kind of stupid it, when it came out. Well, it came out during the Dark Age of right. the comics, which is the response to the Dark Knight Returns. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Man of Steel actually did really well. Or, or not the Man of Steel. The, that comic actually did really well. Right. So I think it's the like, number one selling comic of all time. Uh, at least until Jim Lee's X-Men came along, mm. I think. Um, and people really love the story. I mean, he obviously he came back. Um, but just to shoehorn it in at the end of the mm. movie, and like you're talking about Doomsday and Superman, I was like, that needs to be its own movie. Yeah. It, it, five minutes at the end of this is, is bull. <laughs> I mean, why is that like that? So I was just angry at everything. The only thing, the first time I saw it, oddly enough, as a little bit of a post to you guys, I actually liked Wonder Woman. Like I thought it was, a, I thought it was a decent job. I was excited just because she's the only character we haven't seen on film. Yeah. And so I was excited mm-hmm. to see yeah. what they were gonna do, and I was really stoked. They kind of went with her original origin from the 1930s, which was she came in during World War II. She came in during that time period, and she's kind of an immortal, and she's kind of been a Highlander, if you will. Like she's lived all these years. And I liked kind of the the thought behind that she's kind of given up on mankind, and it took this event to bring her back. Mm-hmm. That I kind of liked because it was different. It didn't get a lot of screen time. It's only because I saw it the second time that I picked up on, picked up on that stuff more. Yeah, it's World War One, isn't it? Oh, was it World? Well, yeah, the, you're right. I think the World movie's War. gonna be World War One. I. I don't yeah. know about her origin. Yeah. So that got me excited. Um, 
I did not care for Ben Affleck the first time through. Really? Yeah, I just thought, it's just kind of generic. Like, he wasn't oh, horrible man. the first time I saw it, but I was like, eh, whatever. Um, but I was so angry. I think maybe it was just... <laughs> I, see, I, I think what it was is just seeing through angry goggles. Mm-hmm. So everything is just, like, fall short. But then, Sunday after church, uh, my wife Lisa was at work. And I was like, oh, I got time to kill. I need to see this again. I need to either <laughs> confirm my hatred or alter my mind. So I went and saw it again. And I actually liked it the second time. Um, things that I still, things that I didn't like, I still don't like. But I'm, I was able to pinpoint what I feel is the real problem with this movie, and that is Lex Luthor. A, he was portrayed horribly by Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> <So> the <bad>. worst, <laughs> so the worst bad. acting ever. I mean, it was just terrible. <laughs> it was spastic and it was weird. And they tried to explain the psychology of what made him into that, which is daddy issues essentially, and get beat up by his father, and then questioning about God and da 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 da. But because he is literally the driving force of the whole movie, the plot moves forward only because of the machinations of Lex Luthor. Mm. Because he's the one that pins Batman versus Superman. He's the guy who's pulling all the strings, the puppet master. Mm -hmm. Well, if you got a crappy actor doing that, I don't buy it. Like, I just thought the reasons behind it were baloney. I thought he did a poor job. Like, I did not buy him as a legitimate threat, as what I thought he should have been portrayed as, which was not the crazy loony Luthor, but the calculating Luther, mm-hmm. the Luther yeah. that mm-hmm. is pulling the strings of suave and debonair. He's not. I mean, he could be secretly bat crap crazy. Yeah. But he shouldn't go up to in front of a dinner party <laughs> like in that scene. Oh my god! Toast yeah. everybody <laughs> and just start mumbling <clears throat> to himself and getting all weird. I mean, that's just playing your cards. Oh, you can be secretly crazy, and that's more interesting because you have to. He you would have to hide that. Mm-hmm. But to me, that was the whole problem with the movie. Was yeah. him? I didn't buy that. And so again, the second time through, I enjoyed it more. I saw the flaws, but it was a superhero movie, and I kind of I could get behind it. I thought Ben Affleck did a decent job. Uh, it's not the best portrayal I've ever seen. But I thought, and I, there were moments where I literally choked up because they, they the scenes meant more to me. Like the scene where Clark Kent is on the mountain with his dad. The best, mm. to me, the best acting that Canville did was that communication with him where he got a little choked up. Yeah. Saying, you know, where's dad's like, oh, I miss you, son. He's like, I miss you too. Like that to me, well, you know, I'm a sucker for father yes. son thing. So that played to me a little bit. Um, but the moment, those moments had a bit more significance, but it is still a flawed movie where they're trying to do too much at once. I mean, they're trying to basically jumpstart a world, mm-hmm. a cinematic universe. They're playing catch up. They're playing catch up. And I, I mean, I've, conversations up the wahoo whatever that sentence mean um about well i understand why they're not copying marvel yeah. that's just like well they've done it we want to do our own thing but again the marvel ways i think kind of a really good way yeah to go i mean and actually it was funny both times i saw it in theaters there are people waiting for anything after the end credits and i'm like they're not gonna do that because yeah. that would just be copying what marvel they want to march to the beat of their own drummer they want to do their own thing um, the end yeah. credit scene is the email scene, and they just shoehorned it into the climax of yeah. the movie, That's where <laughs> which should have put it, yeah. which <laughs> was terrible, <laughs> was, awful. It's it was, the, it's my, I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I under, again, I understand why they did everything, but it just was terrible. And like, like you were talking about, the fight scene was horrible. Their motivation, who cares? You know, yeah. and it was... The resolution <laughs> was kind of stupid, too. Yeah, that yeah. was really dumb. Oh, yeah. 
Martha. Please save Martha. Why'd you say that name? Like, he switched gears real quick. <laughs> yeah. Real quick. Like, I've seen memes where it's like the stepbrother scene where he's like, please save Martha. And he's like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That really was. I mean, have all this, trying to convince you he's got all this anger against this man. And that all he has to say is, please save Martha. And if it was true, the character would be like, F you and kill him. Yeah. And then figure out who Martha right. was. Yeah. <laughs> He's still the world's greatest detective. He would have gotten there. Yeah, he would have figured it out. But instead, like, he went to this, like, emotional place. Oh, can we not talk about how jumpy this movie is? How poorly edited that yes. it was? Yes. Just, like, everything smashing into each other. Yeah, yes. it was like, once he went in, and then you're at you're with Bruce Wayne. He's just walking through the, the, the dead grass. Like, well, there was no good transitional yes. scenes. It was all just like... Just There's like no establishing out. shots in the whole movie. Yeah. I never know where anything is happening. Yeah. There's no <laughs> establishing shots. Like, I don't know what Gotham looks like in this world. I have yeah. no idea. Nope. Yeah. If you showed me, like, a picture of, like, four cities, and you were like, this one's Metropolis, one of these other three is Gotham, I would not know which I one. Really, <laughs> yeah. And then the, the jarring dreams that Bruce had, some of them were cool. Like, the Apocalypse one, I was like, okay, cool. They're like, we were talking about earlier, it's like a combination of Dark Seed Wars with in the Injustice storyline. Yeah. That, I mean, the second time through, I was like, okay, cool. But then the whole thing with the Flash coming back and warning him about Clark yeah. just was really jumpy. And I was like, this is, no, you don't get a new audience with weird DC multiversal And yeah. how are things. people going to know about that? Like, I mean, I feel like this movie, it tries to do some of that stuff. And if you, and... You know, like, we all here have a fair background knowledge of DC stuff, so it's kind of like, oh, that's The Flash, or, like, we know those things. But, like, someone who doesn't, like, I went to go see this with Hannah. She didn't know what the crap was happening. (laughs) There's a dude in the red suit. Yeah. I mean, that even confused me. I couldn't tell who it was, because they, like... they they blocked, like, they blocked him so much yeah. that I had to look at Kristen and go, was that the Flash? And she kind of looked at me like, I don't really know, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, oh gosh. There's an excellent performance by a jar of urine in this movie. Yes. As tea. <laughs> so, as Granny's peach tea. <laughs> I did like uh, Jeremy Irons. He was great. He yeah, was great really Alfred. He was sweet. He was that. I love. He kind of had the same line over and over again. Kind of like, you know, uh, maybe she'll make an honest woman, as if that's ever going to happen. Yeah. Maybe you're going to have children. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In your wildest dreams, like that was kind of repeating. He also got a super sweet Alfred moment where he got to control the bat plane, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, Alfred." Yeah. It also was not as jarring as I was expecting <laughs> it to be to have Scar be Alfred. Yeah. <laughs> um. Are you guys... Do you guys know about the Jimmy Olsen thing? The... In this movie? Short... No. Okay. Do you guys remember... It was supposed to be a girl in Man of Steel, wasn't it? That's what I thought. Yeah. That's totally what I thought. So... Oh, the guy with Lois, right? Yeah. Jimmy Olsen gets shot in the face in the opening minutes of this movie. <laughs> Wait, what? That was Jimmy Olsen. So, to set it up... Yeah, no, I, the, I just heard about that today. I was like, yeah. what the front door? <laughs> Awful. One of the worst things I've ever heard. This is this story is bananas, by the way. His gonna, kappa was tainted. You're gonna... You're gonna... Like, this story gets weirder and weirder and weirder. So... At the beginning of the movie, there's a scene where they go to North Africa. Lois is in North Africa reporting on some war that's happening. And 
she gets like this exclusive interview with this warlord. They bring them in. They search all the crew. Uh, this guy's trying to take a picture of the warlord and they confiscate the camera. That guy is Jimmy Olsen. And they dismantle his camera. <laughs> and apparently they dismantle his watch and they find a little tracker thing in his watch. Which, for those of you who are intimately familiar with Superman, is the Superman calling watch. Like, Jimmy Olsen has a watch that he can use to, like, call Superman, basically. It's got... It's, it has a frequency that only Superman can hear. So if Jimmy activates it, he knows Jimmy's in trouble and can go save him. That's what they found in there, apparently. No, that was a CIA bug. That's what they said it was. Yeah. But I don't know about that. Maybe you it was just like... something else? No, well, Because maybe... they didn't find it on his watch. They found it in the camera. I was told they mm-hmm. found it in the watch, but I didn't believe that. No, no, no. Maybe because they... the film. Yeah. 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 They take the camera, okay. they break it up, and then there's the, the battery or whatever, and he cracks it open, and then there's the tracking device okay. in there. Okay, that's what I thought. So, okay. Jimmy Olsen's an undercover CIA agent. <laughs> um, it's shot. And he gets shot straight in the face. And uh, there's no mention of the fact that his name is Jimmy Olsen. Like, they gave me no reason to care about that guy. But apparently that guy is billed in the credits as Jimmy Olsen. But Zack Snyder w- made that intentional choice. He was like, there's no room for Jimmy Olsen in the story we're telling. Which, one, tells you the kind of guy we're dealing with. Someone who fundamentally misunderstands these characters. Yeah. And... Uh, he was originally going to have a big Hollywood name play that character and then have still have them get killed off like that. Like this sort of like psycho, um, psycho cast a well-known actor, killed them off and uh, then it became about the main characters. That's what he was going to do. That was supposed to be Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse what? Eisenberg came in and interviewed with Zack Snyder to audition for Jimmy Olsen, and Brian Cranston was in talks to play Lex Luthor in this movie. <laughs> Eisenberg came in, was being all Eisenbergy, uh, not Heisenbergy, Eisenbergy, <laughs> um, and Snyder decided, hey, what if we go a different direction with Lex Luthor? Cancel all my plans with Cranston or whatever. And that's how Jesse Eisenberg became Lex Luthor. Are you and telling And also, me? Jimmy Olsen died. Even t- though Jimmy Olsen was, oh. from my understanding, a woman in the last movie. Yeah. Although there is subplots where he's like, he cross-dresses. There's like certain... Because like All-Star Superman, he's like, he dresses in ladies' clothes from time to time, right? Yeah. yeah. So may- maybe it's... part of the character. But like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Anyway. You're telling me... I could have had Brian Cranston mm-hmm. as Lex Luthor mm-hmm. making this movie infinitely better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But instead they're like, no, I want to make a creative choice because my creative ideas are all good. Yep. Oh, good heavens. Yep. That makes me sad in my yep. soul. Outraged. I was outraged when I read that. I could not believe that. Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. See, so. See, Jesse Eisenberg could have been a good Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. I'd that. Mm-hmm. Even with the twitchiness, I feel. Yeah, like. yeah. I, golly, it's so bad. That's so. It's, I mean, such bad choices. Uh, so what? I, I mean, we we kind of touched on Batman straight up murders, folks. Like, what do we yeah. think about that? So let me touch on that. I think, and I would. I'm sure this is what they would say to defend that point of view. I can almost. He has defended it, so yeah. I want to. I want to. So I think they're saying, well, this is more. This is the Batman of the Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. who in that book, if I recall, he did cat people. He did kill people in that. I don't remember. There, there was a scene. In fact, it was almost a shot-for-shot shot scene mm. at the end where he's saving. Uh, 
Clark's mom. Oh, yeah. He's got the big old machine gun, which is an exact kind mm-hmm. that he had in the comic book. And he said, I'll kill her, I swear. And he said, I believe you. And that's when he blew her away. Blew uh, the bad guy away. Yeah. Um, I would say they would defend that that's the type of Batman they're drawing from, is that. Which, if they were to fully commit to that, and it was going to be that storyline of an older Bruce Wayne, and he's kind of not, he's lost, he's more disillusioned about certain mm-hmm. things, like morality and, you know, whatnot. I'd say sure. But if they're going to still say, but no, he's still more like this Batman when he's young. He's still the young mm-hmm. Batman, but he's got these sensibilities. Yeah. I'd say pick one. Mm-hmm. Commit to one if you're going to do that. Um, but I would say that's what they would defend. Say, well, this is like that Batman. His, Snyder's defense is he kills by proxy. So he does what? stuff that leads to deaths, but isn't directly killing them. So, like, he doesn't shoot that guy straight between the eyes the way he does in Dark Knight Returns. He, he shot shoots, him in the he can. Shoots, yeah. <laughs> Not the butt can. <laughs> he shoots him in the tank for his flamethrower. There you go. <laughs> um, you know, but at the same time, this fool breaks necks. Like, mm-hmm. straight up. Yeah. In the best scene in the movie, by the way. Yeah. The best action scene in the yeah. movie is him raiding that warehouse. Yeah, it looked like it straight out of Arkham Knight, and it was yep. dope. Uh, <laughs> it's the best thing that happened in, in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Um... But, yeah, he's, like, his whole thing is, like, oh, he's just throwing grenades back and they didn't get out of the way in time. Or he, you know, runs cars into other cars and they just happen to be driving those cars so they're dead. So he's, like, he's not directly killing people even though he's straight up killing people. He is take. I think you, he does not understand these characters. He no. may be a comic book fan, I've heard him say, mm-hmm. but he does not understand the genesis of these characters and things that are mm-hmm. solid that you cannot you can alter certain things about them but there's a core there's a character core that if you touch and if you alter it to fit your own means you're like we said you're betraying the character mm-hmm. um and i and 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 even watching it like i was trying to keep an open mind to like okay you know so far like Man of Steel, like, that's not my favorite interpretation of Superman, but I understand. And so going into this movie, I was like, okay, different interpretation of Batman, Lex Luthor, everybody else. But, again, one of my major problems that I mentioned is there's not enough, like, character motivation, character building for me to, like, justify Batman the way he acts like that. And again, this is where it's like I had to I had to try to watch this movie from two different perspectives. Like I have some of that extra comic knowledge, so I know it's like in that poorly handled scene in the Batcave where you see Robin's suit, I know the story behind <sighs> that. I know I know like that has ultimately affected his code of morality and that's probably why he kills people. That's what put him into retirement. That's why but a lot of the people don't know that. And so if that's going to be integral to this character, you can give me like a two minute scene. Maybe where like Alfred makes a comment about it or something. That's yes. all you need. Yes. And that would make him way more cohesive. And so it was just things like that where this movie had that so like those types of problems so many times where I'm just like so much potential. Oh, they missed it. So much potential. Oh, like you can give me the character motivation. Oh, they missed it. So I... Again, just another problem I had. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the the scene where Superman is given the opportunity to defend himself with this giant, like, almost, uh, like, early Red Scare 1950s era, which is the era in which Superman thrives the most, 
scene in front of Congress, they choose to just cap it with an explosion rather than give Superman any sort of time to explain himself. Yep. <laughs> um, and, like, that could have been the absolute turning point for Superman, where you were totally on his side. Batman becomes the villain of the movie. Yeah. You know? Um, but, nope, just an explosion happens. Just a, a stage suicide bombing from Lex Luthor. That's it. Like... He doesn't care about these characters. Yeah. Not only does he fundamentally misunderstand them, he doesn't care about it. Yep. Um, maybe there is a scene where he gives a speech in the director's cut because we were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Certain elements from Zack Snyder's movies get cut that I don't think should be, like the death of Hollis Mason in Watchmen. The death of Hollis Mason in Watchmen is the only reason Night Owl comes back to fighting crime, and it's not on the theatrical cut of Watchmen at all. Yeah. So it makes no sense. Yep. Um, I don't. I actually don't understand why they cut that scene from Watchmen. So if there's a, a Superman giving his testimony in front of Congress scene, I have no idea why it's not in this movie. And I don't know if it's because he doesn't have final cut on his movies, or he just chooses like, oh, that can go in the DVD. I don't know. But... I honestly feel like some of this is like there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. The studio demands too much of him. I don't know who to blame. I don't want to completely dump on him, but I just feel like there's probably... Even if he misunderstands these characters, which I think he does, mm-hmm. um, I feel like there's not like a, there wasn't a clear vision, or if there was a clear vision, it immediately got wiped away because the studio came in and was like, you got to set up Justice League and yeah. make sure these characters are in here and make sure we have this... like. We need multiple big action scenes. We can't just have this building, like, if you're going to just do the Batman-Superman story. You can't just have a big fight at the end. We need a lot, all this different stuff happening. And so I just, that's where, again, I feel like, oh, yeah, the nightmare sequence is pretty sweet, but, like, what does it accomplish? Yeah. Like, even if they had done something where it's, like, we saw that sequence and then in context maybe Bruce had a conversation with alfred about just like this kind of state of his psyche or something that would help to justify those sequences to me but besides that i'm just kind of like i guess i have to infer and try to read between the lines for things that are almost not even there maybe the movie unintentionally like has has these things linked and i don't think they meant to um yeah man So I'll, I'll ask this question. For a movie that has had both its actors and its directors literally have to defend why they've made these choices, should we allow that defense to excuse it? Or should we say, no, this is the movie you've made. you got to live up to the problems in it. If that question makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I think... I think that they... I mean, I think that they're allowed to defend the choices they make. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they obviously made certain choices. No one's really, you know, talked mm-hmm. to Snyder about the editing choices he's made um, so much as the character choices he's made. And he's defended them, and it's foot-and-mouth disease uh, the whole time. <laughs> like, the more he talks, the more I'm like, I feel less willing to defend the movie. <laughs> um, but also, I, I think that uh, if we're going to be asking those questions, we should be prepared for answers that disappoint us. Mm. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, and I, and I think with the exception of a handful of people, um, actors and directors don't need to be judged by everything they do always. Like, 
you know, I've seen actors I hate give really good performances. I've seen Nicolas Cage give incredible performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2013, that guy was in this movie called Joe that almost nobody saw. It's the best thing I've ever seen Nicolas Cage in. He's incredible in that movie. Like, I was a little pissed he didn't have Oscar uh, <laughs> consideration for it. So, like, people, like, when you're in that industry and, like, you know, you have this certain output, you're going to be peaks and valleys anyway. That's just the law of averages. Um, Snyder's a guy who's been in a valley for a while, kind of, but also not totally in one. You know, like, people are lukewarm on Man of Steel. I don't think people have, like, very strong opinions on that movie. Yeah, It's whatever to me. I don't like it that much, but I don't outright hate it. Even this movie, um, and this is actually kind of where I want to steer the conversation to end on, even this movie, I uh, I like it, but the internet has made me get to a spot where I have to defend it more than I want to, given how much I liked it. Because mm-hmm. I liked it, I didn't love it, I didn't feel like spending a ton of time defending the movie, but I feel like I have to now because so many people are crapping on it. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> the thing going on with the internet right now is there's this weird, like, critics versus fans thing happening where the critics have kind of been saying the movie is going to be bad for a while the fans have been saying well you just want it to fail and the critics are it kind of started with them responding like no i wanted to love it that's why i hated it um, <laughs> which i i understand completely mm-hmm. but then the fans have been escalating and then the critics have been escalating and so it's just this like film twitter is like a meltdown right now it's like <laughs> it's ridiculous and so i'm like i as a viewer who is an aspiring film critic has seen like other podcasters post super anti-critic rants, which doesn't make sense to me because they have film criticism podcasts. And mm-hmm. at that point it's like, why are you even in the film criticism game? Yeah. If you're going to just crap on critics. Like yeah. I had to stop following one of my favorite podcast networks because they were promoting all the anti-critic stuff from one of their hosts. And I was like, if you're going to do that, you're, you don't understand yourself as a person. Yeah. Like, of course you like the movie where they betrayed these characters. You're betraying yourself as a person. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, so it's just been a nightmare situation uh, mm. over there. I don't know if you guys have seen any of that. I've seen a little uh, bit of it. Gosh. It's just like... <laughs> And everyone on both sides is totally wrong. Like, yeah. the film critics are like, you like bad movies, audience. And then the audience is like, this movie made a bunch of money. It's not bad. Both it's of really those are good. the yeah. dumbest arguments I've ever heard. So it's just, it's so divisive. It is. I I feel like, and we're all kind of caught in this weird in-between because it's like, I would say we're all like movie buffs and, you know... We we do like to watch movies and look at them critically, and mm. that's you know, and that's kind of a lot of what this podcast is about. But then we also very much have a soft spot for comic books. We love comic books. We love superheroes, and like I said, it's it's kind of hard to balance that. And I feel like mm. nobody is able to. And so it's like we're trying to look at these this movie critically, and critically it has some problems. But people are so excited because it's like I love comic books, and I finally get to see all these superheroes adapted to screen and Wonder Woman and the story that we all wanted to see. And it's like, I I get that. Like, I love seeing, you know, superheroes brought to the big screen. But I feel at the same time, you have to have that balance of like, it, you can like the movie and that's fine. But I don't think we need to like tear each other down just, you know, in the sense of like, yeah, I like superheroes and I'm looking at this movie critically too. And it's, 
it's got some problems. Yeah. And I feel like people can't understand kind of that dichotomy. It yeah. just has to be one or the other. Yeah. I think a lot of people have trouble with differing opinions. Mm-hmm. I think that's true no matter what genre, either it's movies or just Paul, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you have, because when people hear a different opinion, what they hear is, well, clearly you hate me. Yeah, yes. you don't like me as a person. Yeah. yeah, that's what they hear. So when I tell someone, you know what, I thought Batman versus Superman wasn't that good. What they hear is, well, you hate, hate me, me because yeah. I love the movie. You have something wrong with you. Yeah. And it's like, no, like I've several people I've talked to, like today I was hanging out with a guy, really cool, playing, you know, we played a game together and I was talking about the movie, I was like, yeah, I didn't really like it. And he said, well, you know, I really loved it. And I was like, well, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, everyone can have their own opinion. If you if it spoke to you, you loved it. Amazing. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it. I, I I like it more now, having seen it again. But I still see all the flaws. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that's the big problem is if you disagree with someone about anything, especially yeah. something they care a lot about, that it becomes a personal thing and not just I'm just uh, it's a movie. Yeah. This isn't the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it, I mean, I've experienced that in my personal life because I tend to be have pretty strong opinions and mm-hmm. be pretty vocal about them. <laughs> but um, uh, like this, this is specifically a weird one where you know, you and I, I think we're kind of on the same page. Like, we like the movie. Like, if you asked us, I'd say I liked it. Yeah, I want to like I would see it again, or you know, <laughs> it's worth seeing. Like, if someone's like, should I go see this? Yeah, I uh, I, I plan to pick it up when it comes out. Just because yeah. I'd watch it again. Yeah. Um, but we see all these things wrong with it. So, like, I totally understand where the fans are coming from, where, like, I mean, I don't really, because, like, the hardcore fans who are, like, making film Twitter the worst right now are, like, yeah. love this movie, and it's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, like, uh, but then, like, the film critics, like, I understand all the critical problems they have yeah. with them. I think some of it is hyperbolic on their end, too. Like, I think there are a lot of the choices that they are talking about that are made in the movie are not that bad. Like, I don't think the movie's that poorly made. I think it looks, like, amazing. Yeah. Everyone talks about, like, how bad the movie looks, but I think it looks great. Visually, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, that scene where the Wayne parents die is so (laughs) good. And can we talk about the music? Mm. The score to the whole movie, I thought was really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From a guy I don't like. Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was well done, like, the, the kind of haunting music at the beginning with the Wayne's yeah. death. Yeah. Uh, even kind of like, I guess it's Wonder Woman's theme music. That was kind the, of the best song in the whole movie. The kind of the Amazonian kind of yeah. tribal almost. Sweet. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, that was tight. Yeah. Um, so, I, I like, as, a, you know, aspiring film critic, I see some of the arguments there as lover like just fan Mm -hmm. uh i see those arguments and like but the thing is like at the end of the day i just liked it like i don't like i've seen better movies i've seen worse movies but it was fine but now i feel like i have to defend it from this place of like i loved it when i didn't yeah um you know because then the opposite is like oh well then you hate it and it's like no there's degrees between love and hate yes like yes Figure that out, and I think <laughs> I think it's it's come to a head on this. Like it's something we talk about on the show all the time, and it's just gotten worse and worse and worse, and it's come to a head yeah. with this movie specifically, where it's like you're either all in on it yep. or you're not. Yeah, you can't. It's like no, it's fine, it's fine. Yes, <laughs> I was gonna ask follow up question, kind of to this. We take away the source material, take away that it's superheroes, whatever. Do we still should we still hold movies like this to a to a critical level like when we look at them like critically as film critics 
I know because some people can get glossed over, and I mean, it's kind of happened with Jurassic World and Star <laughs> Wars to an extent. Um, you know, it's like people get either blinded by nostalgia or love of something, and I get that. It's like we love those things. It's like yeah. we love the things that generated them, but should those films still be like held critically? Like, just the way that we look at other movies critically, like, why is it, like, sometimes when a film like this comes along, it's like, oh, yeah, we like Batman, and it, it, it was okay, or, like, we like this, but it had all these problems, and that that gets a pass, but then other films that come along, is just, like, they don't get a pass. Oh. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'll answer it with using our comic analogy, and I hope it makes sense, and I hope it fits, but I feel like it does. So, in comics, you get people to collect books. You know, mm-hmm. and have either the follower character or the follower writer. Uh, a law that's kind of an unwritten law that people have said: if you want to read good books, don't follow the character, follow oh, the writer, the writer. Mm-hmm. because a good story a good story comes from a good writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you just follow a character like Superman, for example, he's had some great writers and he's had some terrible writers. <laughs> So if you want a good story, just like you want a good movie, you follow the person that's going to do the best job with it, mm-hmm. who will treat the character as it needs to be treated. Um, I feel like, hopefully, is this tying in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally like, see yeah. where you're going. Um, you know, I think it's the same with comic book movies. Um, you want it treated right. You know, yeah. you want someone who's going to take this thing. And, uh, comic book, yes. Okay, yeah. but you don't want to have what happened to the first Hulk movie, mm. yes. which was treated like, well, it's a comic... Oh, no, he wasn't Indian. <laughs> no, he was Asian. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, Indians are Asian, but... Sorry. <laughs> but he made a comic book movie, but he made it a comic book movie yeah. in the worst sense of that phrase. Yeah. I think a person who loves these characters can do a good adaptation, but still make it a good film, yes. critically as yes. well, where it's done... Well, yeah. I mean, you could the Christopher Nolan movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's kind of everyone's go-to, but I'll just for the sake of time and ease, that's a perfect example. It's a character done right, for the most part. Yeah, you, know, you hated the third yeah, one. I yeah, I don't like for the, the most part. But we'll just go with Batman Begins. Yeah, it's yeah. a character taken seriously and done well. Mm-hmm. And, and it's I, not a comic book movie per se. Yeah. Right. So I, you know, people who throw the, well, it's a comic book movie, so I excuse away the flaws. Mm. I don't agree with that. I don't buy mm-hmm. into that mentality. Mm-hmm. I love Spider-Man. Yeah. But again, we talked about the last time, Spider-Man 3, yeah, it's got Spider-Man, yeah, it's got all the comic book stuff in it, but it's a horrible movie which yeah. ruins any of the comic book stuff that comes along with it. Yep. Yeah. So, to me, that's not an excuse. Well, it's a comic book movie, and it's just superheroes fighting, and it's just stupid fun. Yeah, but for guys like us who mm-hmm. love comics, who love these yeah. things, you want it treated with respect. Yeah. You want it treated right. You want the stories, which are very well-written pieces of literature in and of themselves, mm-hmm. you want it treated well. Just like anyone who loves a novel... You don't want a crappy interpretation of the movie. You <laughs> yeah. want a legit, yeah. I want this treated well. Yeah. I want this done right. So that's my three cents, two cents. Well, I, and also, the thing is, like, I, we talked about it last week. There's a writer on this movie, David Esquire, who I hate. And so, <laughs> but I'm like, hating him more and more. <laughs> yes, yes. He's the worst. Man, get that guy away from movies in general, but comic book movies especially. One of the most dangerous phrases I think you can have 
when it comes to talking about film is like turn your brain off i've come to hate that phrase mm-hmm. and it's just like why why should you not come to want these things that are essentially our mythology as a culture as an american culture mm-hmm. why should those things be turn your brain off why should you not have to think with those things they were used to make us think. Yeah. Captain America was used as basically American propaganda during World War II, right? Yeah, it, it came out. I was just watching this actually mm-hmm. today. Captain America, number one, came out before the U.S. even had gotten involved mm-hmm. in World War II. And it actually pissed off a lot of people because there were some pro, uh, Hit, not pro Hitler, but pro Germany people mm. who thought it was like picking on them. Because the front cover is him punching out Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so people got angry about that, but. I mean, like, X-Men, they've been used as this allegory for racism since their beginning. That's yep. why yep. they're... A, that's why they exist. Yep. They were a response to the Civil Rights Movement. Yeah. Like, these Malcolm characters... X versus uh, Martin Luther. Oh, yeah. That's what he designed them. That's yeah. literally who he based them on. Yeah. 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 And so, like, I don't, I don't like that idea of, like, oh, just turn your brain off and have fun with it. No, that's not how this stuff is meant to be taken. Yeah. That's not the reason you take in art. You don't take in art just to be, like... Turn my brain I, off. Turn my I, brain off. I mean, we were talking about, like, you're not like, I'm in a moral quandary. Where's Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not a thing. Yeah. But, to be or not to be. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you want, like, anything I consume, I want it to, like, push me further into good conversations. And I think that even though this movie's, like, kind of bad, um, you, it's, it's fostered this good conversation. But I think we have to be willing to meet it to make that happen, especially when it's not good. Yeah. Um, you know, the best things to talk about are things you hate and the things you love because you're super passionate about them. Mm-hmm. Something like this where I just kind of liked it, but they're like, there are hateable things in the movie and there are, I don't know if there's anything I love, love, love about the movie, um, but there are likable things in it. So talking about the hateable things, like, was this really good exercise in like this, like pushing this conversation forward. But I just think, and also the Marvel movies do well critically as well as financially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's 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 another thing. It's like in talking about should we look at these critically? I'm not saying like, oh, I love Marvel and DC has messed up everything they've done, but Marvel has kind of set the bar. They've mm-hmm. set like a template. Uh, they've set a standard. And I know like all of their movies are not like A pluses all the way across the board, but generally they're critically well done. So it's like, I feel like why why couldn't this rise to meet the occasion? Like. Why? And yeah. I know it's because, you know, there's things that don't work. It was ambitious and a lot of stuff in there. But I, there's part of me sometimes feel like, I don't know if that should be an excuse. But I know it's like the studio had their hands in it yeah. and lots of stuff. I mean, I'll put this out there. I like this more than I like Iron Man 2. I hate yeah, Iron Man 2. Yeah, that is not a well done movie. Nope. Um, and also, back to your <clears> point <throat> about follow the writers you love. Um, I think that's super important because you have, like, I follow directors. I love, like, most film buffs Mm -hmm. have the directors that they're like, oh, I'll watch anything they're doing. So, you know, I'm excited to see what the guy who did 10 Cloverfield Lane, Dan Trachtenberg. I'm super excited to see Mm -hmm. what he does next. Uh, Mm -hmm. Ryan Coogler directed Creed, my favorite movie of last year. He's doing Black Panther. I went from, like, oh, Black Panther will be cool to, like, my most anticipated (laughs) movie of all time Mm -hmm. is Black Panther. And I know almost nothing about that character. Mm -hmm. But all I know is that a director and writer, he he wrote Creed 2, who I love, is on that movie now. So I think, like, I expect big things from it. 
Aquaman. Kind of a goofy character. I don't actually know that much about Aquaman. I've never read any Aquaman mm-hmm. art. But James Wan is involved with it. I love James Wan as, you know, he did Furious uh, 7. And I like that movie, but he's done a couple horror movies that I love. Like, some of my favorite horror movies of the modern age have come from that guy. And so, like, just because I like him, I'm still optimistic about Aquaman, David Ayer, and Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. I've been, from the start, mm-hmm. I've been more excited about Suicide Squad than I have Batman v Superman yeah. because yeah. of David Ayer's involvement. Yeah. So, I think the, the creative teams, just like in comic books, the creative teams behind movies are so important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A movie for people who hate Superman and Batman. Yep. Also, Batman never referred to as Batman in the entire movie. No. Perry White. Oh, taking on the Batman. Oh, okay. So that that gets said, but not by. Not enough to justify Batman v Superman. Like they see Superman constantly, and he's just like the Bat of Gotham. The Bat is dead. Yeah. Which that scene I thought was horrible. You're stopping me from stopping the crime to rip me, rip the thing off well, my tank and he... just say the bat is dead? And I, I, I watched an interview with Henry Canville about, like, why do you, why are you going after Batman? He's like, well, I disagree with his brand of justice. You straight up have killed more people than this entire DC universe, and you're ticked off because he's branding schmucks and sending them to prison? What the frick? That's not a basis for an argument. That's just a poor excuse. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, man, can we talk about that scene? The scene where <laughs> where he goes, tell me, do you bleed? And Superman just flies away, yeah. and yeah. Batman still feels compelled to finish his quip, <laughs> and he just goes, you no one. He goes, you, you will. will. But you I, see, like, his lips, yeah. he was angry. But to whatsoever i leaned over to my wife and i was like good one (laughs) did he say it to alfred he had to have resolution i don't know yeah i was just like why would you say that why would you finish you could say it's like he's waxing it's like i'm saying it to myself like i'm gonna make you bleed sucker Ah, uh, it was so stupid. Yeah. Also, Batman's so useless in the Doomsday fight, and it's amazing. Yep, yeah. <laughs> he just basically dodges and runs away. Yeah, and it's kind of like... There's like there's literally a shot that's just him standing there watching yeah, everything happen. because he's like, I can't do anything. It's like an over-the-shoulder shot of just literally just Batman, like, looking around. Like, oh... I can't do uh, crap. Yep. I'm gonna get blamed for this. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wish I had my kryptonite spear. <laughs> the spear. Which is also stupid. Yeah. Like, the, the spear was fine, yeah. but the whole arc with the spear was so dumb. In Lois Lane, and I tell you, I tell you she like throws it in the water and then is like, gotta rescue it from the water. I threw it in, and it's like, where the hell did you throw it in the water? And then then with, then where I'm anyone could find it and just murder Superman with it. Yep. Yeah. I did like this part, though. As stupid as all that was, Batman knew where he would end up with Superman because he mm. planted that spear in that one spot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. I thought that's a Batman thing. To oh, me. yeah. Yeah. Because he knew I'm going to end up here, here, here. That was like, I like that. Yeah. Second time I second time through, I caught that. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, he knew where he would end up. He Crap knew how this was going down because mm-hmm. he's Batman. Yeah. That I thought was, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. Also, sweet Batman training montage. Oh yeah, when he's just pumping iron. Yeah. Did he legit do that? Did ben it looked like it. Do yeah. Because that? that would look painful. Yeah. yeah. He got jacked 
for this movie. It was ridiculous. Wow. Like the first scene after they show like Batman and like hiding like Spider Man for some reason. Yeah. Um, which was real dumb. <laughs> uh, but like the the shot after that scene is him coming down the elevator, but he's Bruce Wayne now and he's in a suit. I was like, ah, like you're just kind of burst yeah. yeah, like usually like suits make guys look kind of formless, but mm-hmm. he was like massive in the suit even. It was ridiculous. And then he was just like hitting a tire with a sledgehammer. Yeah. Oh, what man. is that kind of training called? I know that's called something. Was that CrossFit? Was he just doing I think CrossFit? That's, I think it's kind of like, it's just lifting heavy, like doing things you would, I don't know who lifts that kind of crap in normal life, yeah. but doing things that are typical. Yeah. Like, for whatever reason, hitting the tire does With something yeah. that fixes your coccyx. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know muscle things. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, that training montage was, I was like super on board with it because it was like, it was like the grittiest training montage I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like tires and sweat. And doing pull-ups with like the huge weights on it. Oh, like, yeah. 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 And just like, it's not enough and for me. forging the spear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, it's not enough for me to uh, just lift these things and set them down. I must throw them. I must hurl yeah. them when I'm done with them. Dragging the tractor wheel. The Batman workout. Let's do it, you guys. Yeah. No, screw that. I'll die. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Do we have any final thoughts on this? Um, I mean, I, I still stand. I did not enjoy this film. <laughs> it's not the worst film ever made. Um, so calm down, internet. It's... It's not the best thing made either for people who are claiming this is like a renaissance of a superhero film. I don't know where you get that. But um, yeah, I just, I really didn't enjoy it. I have no desire to go see it again. Um, I really hope Suicide Squad is like miles better than this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. It, it doesn't make me excited for the DC Universe. It's like what you were talking about, MJ. I feel like the writers, the people involved make me mm-hmm. excited for that. But it's just how things were set up, and if this is any indication, and even Zack Snyder being on to direct Justice League. One and two. I am very worried about that, and I'm not looking forward to it. So, yeah, this is kind of, that's where I sit after this This movie. This dude couldn't handle three characters in a movie. Did you hear what he's basing the Justice League movie on? Seven Samurai? Yep. I wanted to punch him in his stupid tattoos. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I couldn't... Uh, it's the worst. He's the worst. Yeah. I, which sucks, because I've liked some of his stuff. And I think I think he's got a cool visual style, but man. Yeah. Just, he just these aren't the projects for him to no. handle. Yeah. No. He needs music videos and commercials. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. For me, my closing thoughts. After I saw it the first time, I, the morning after, I went on Facebook and I made the bold statement. You commented yep, on yeah. it. About uh, this movie is worse than Spider-Man Three. Angry face, angry face, angry face. I would stand by. Um, I don't. Well, I don't agree with uh, that. Well, well, let me let me finish. Yeah. Uh, I I will recant that statement. I I don't think as <laughs> there's very few movies that are actually quite as bad. Yeah. If you want to get into the logistics, it's not as bad as Spider-Man Three. I still think it is a horribly flawed movie mm-hmm. again to me the crux is Lex Luthor and mm-hmm. not really buying him as a villain just a poor portrayal that to me is the weakest link there's many other things yes. like editorial but but for me I enjoy the movie now because the fanboy went out 
mm. because I was like, I'm a fan. I like seeing Wonder Woman. I'm excited for the other... I wasn't necessarily excited for this movie. I'm excited for the potential mm-hmm. of other movies coming out, mm-hmm. and maybe they'll be better. Um, Wonder Woman, I think, will be cool to see like what they do with that. Mm-hmm. Aquaman, you know, all that stuff. Um, I'm, I'm excited for that, but because I'm a DC fan. Um, but with the caveat that this movie is still not the best, and it's that weird thing where it's both. I yeah. like it, but I don't. Yeah. Um... It's weird. This is my closing thoughts. Are this is such a strange movie to be so divisive because it's just mediocre. Like it's yeah, <laughs> it's just such a, like I've never seen this strong of a reaction to a movie that's just okay. And it, like all the way around, like we talked about, like the critics are like this is horrible and it's not. It's fine. And then the like the hardcore fans are like this is the best bad bad movie ever. It's not. No. It's still the Dark Knight. Like mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just a mediocre movie that people like have mm-hmm. these crazy strong opinions on, and it's baffling to me. Um, but I, the closing thought is something that I kind of saw on Twitter where someone tweeted out. I don't remember who it was. Someone tweeted out, Speed Racer, uh, a film I've gone on record as loving, hmm. it's got a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, movies yeah. you like don't live and die by their Rotten Tomatoes score. Mm-hmm. And cut it out with the conspiracy conspiracy theory bullcrap. Like, you can just like stuff. It's fine. And yeah. you can just dislike <laughs> stuff. It's also yep. fine. Yep. It's just weird that people hate something so mediocre and people love something so mediocre. And I don't think it's that they hate uh, this. I think it's that they this has made them hate the potential that you were talking about, Ryan. Like, mm-hmm. it's made them, it like, not, like, they're like, we have almost a decade of this crap to deal with now. And the people who love it are just like, we have a decade of this crap to deal with now. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> two people looking at one thing and having two different points. Yeah. Of yeah. And yeah. like, I look at it and I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, I guess I could, uh, it's going to be, it's going to have ups and downs as, you know, um, all these things do. As all these things do, and we have a decade of this stuff, and superhero movies are the new westerns, and that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's a good point. Yeah. yeah, they are. Yeah, and so it just like I, it's fine. Like this movie's fine. It's whatever. I've seen much better superhero movies. I've seen much better movies. I've seen much worse movies. Yep. I've seen much worse superhero movies. It's just an okay movie. It really is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't really understand, uh, why this needed to be one of the longest episodes we've had, but reaction has dictated that. (laughs) And, uh, so here you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can find us on, uh, Twitter at before and after pod. That's at before the letter N after pod. Email the show before and after show at gmail.com. You can find us on YouTube. Yep. Uh, what is it? Uh, just, uh, you, I just search the before and after show. You'll find our channel. But Great. Yeah. And then uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, leave us a review on iTunes. Five stars helps get us on the chart. Uh, yep. Tell your friends about the podcast. And until next week, go love some comic book movies. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Preach it. Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs> <laughs>